Today's episode of the Buttecast is brought to you by Thriftway Superstops. You know what my favorite thing about Thriftway is? The Mountain Dew always tastes just like Mountain Dew. That cannot be said for the fountain drinks at other convenience stores. Thriftway, though, makes sure to take care of the little things that are not always so little. Join the Thriftway Loyalty Club and every sixth fountain drink is on the house. You can also rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app today and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh brewed coffee, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon on top-tier conical fuel every single day. Thriftway Superstops, a proud sponsor of the Buttecast. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Buttecast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, New America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Woo-hoo! Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Today, we have a very special edition of the Buttecast. I promise you, it is touching and heartwarming to say the least. It was recorded Friday at the Knights of Columbus Hall, and it was not originally intended to be a podcast. Butte native, brother Patrick Dunk McCormick, is a former teacher and coach at Butte Central. He is well into his 90s and living in New York State. Knowing that brother McCormick is potentially on his last days, some of his former students decided to get together to record some memories of an educator whose teachings still impact the lives of the students more than a half a century later. Joe McCarthy, John Paul, Jack O'Brien, Tom Kennelly Jr., and Bernie Boyle met at the KC. Fellow 1971 Butte Central graduates Rich Thornton and Terry McLaughlin joined in on a Zoom call. Each shared memories of Brother McCormick. It really was touching to see how a group of men approaching the age of 70 still care so much about one of their teachers from high school. That should be the goal of every educator. The men agreed that the conversation should be posted in podcast form so that other students of Brother McCormick might also share some of their stories about the beloved brother. The conversation begins with Rich Thornton discussing the plan to honor Brother McCormick so his legacy will live on long after his death. going to kind of give a, a few comments from from brother Dornbus and um uh and these are not locked in stone but they're good uh, guideposts so so he's doing just think of it as two buckets bucket number one is um uh the the, the official so to speak necrology and necrology is simply it's the short story of a deceased person's life uh, so it's kind of like an obituary, but it's an extended obituary with a lot more detail. So he's limited to 6,000 words in his necrology. And in that 6,000 words, he's suggesting that we don't go more than 2,500 because he knows he's going to get at least another 3,500 words from the, from the other Christian brothers in the confraternity. Um, so he gave me this example, and I don't want anybody to get caught up on the example because... We've got flexibility here. 
But if we have 2,500 words, <clears throat> he does suggest nobody write anything. So, so well, so the necrology should be our primary uh, uh, input where Dunk had a meaningful impact in our life. So there was something that he did. So what was that? And then two, why was it a meaningful impact in your life? So that's the necrology. So you can kind of tell that the necrology is less the story and more the impact. Then he's doing a second bucket. The second bucket is the stories. So, so, so again, it's not limited to 250 words. So if somebody, whether we, after we do this podcast and somebody transcribes it, we might be able to pull, you know, let's just say five or six uh, statements that people make for the, for the necrology, but we'll give him everything else. And then he can decide what he's going to use in his second necrology that he's going to publish later. And there's, there's no 250 word limit there. So here's how I think of this is in, in the official necrology, his first edition, that's going to be that, that that's the 6,000 words. Um, whatever we're going to give, it should not be more than 250 words. So Johnny, I'm going to use you as an example. If you say something and, or you write something about, uh, brother Dunn's, um, uh, meaningful and personal impact and it's, uh, you know, 150 words. I don't care. That's absolutely fine. We've got 2,500 words total, but we can't go more than 250 words per person. Cause what he wants is he wants to know who said it. And he'd also kind of like to know our relationship with them. So like I told brother, uh, Dornboss about all of us being called the everyday boys. So he said anything that I would use for the necrology, he'd want me to say Rich Thornton, everyday boy. And he and he also wants my email because he wants to he wants to call people if necessary or email people if necessary to clarify a point or ask a question. Everybody kind of follow that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The second bucket is is kind of wide open because those are gonna be probably more the stories. And the fun stories, it doesn't mean that the, that the necrology isn't going to be the fun story, but the, but the necrology is really going to be, what was the personal impact of Dunk McCormick on my life? What was the event? What was the situation? Okay. And then I'll gather all those or coordinate with everybody up there, because uh, Brother Dornboss asked me to just kind of, as best as I can, work with the Butte contingent and then pare it down to what he's looking for for both the first bucket because that's got a time, a time a stamp on it, so to speak, shortly after brother brother's passing. The second necrology, he's got time for that. So, uh, so however you guys decide you want to work together on that, that would be fine. I'd be happy to help in any way I can. Well, what is well, brother's what is condition? Bro the last I have heard was he was on liquid only diet. Is he still <laughs> in this world? Or? Yes, he's on he's on liquid only diet. Okay. Is, is part of the purpose of this is someone going to do an obituary or? That's done. We, uh, so I worked with, with, so Brother John Dornboss wrote the obituary uh, and he sent it to, to my sister Tracy and me. And so what I've already done is gone through and added some things, uh, uh, you know, regarding just some of the sayings he had in class or, you know, him getting us, you know, he got all of us to any gym in the city of Butte to play basketball. So there, so the obituary is, is, is 
more about his family and a little bit about his background, uh, but it's written for the larger audience of his whole confraternity as well as all the other places he taught, including Butte. Okay. So the obituary is done. It's, it's, it's the necrology that in Brother John's mind is the most important. Okay. Could, could, could I just ask you, Rich, did that? Uh, sure. And, and I'm not trying to get involved after the fact here that you've already done it. So, um, you know, on, on Brother's uh, uh, 75th anniversary of being a, a Christian brother, uh, there was an event in Butte here, and, and I actually spoke at it, and uh, it was a celebration, and... I, I wasn't sure if Brother Dornboss had the full, his brother Dornboss didn't say much there, did he have the full picture of things like that, that, that Brother McCormick was a principal at St. Leo School in Chicago, for example. And, and, and lots, kind of his whole history, it's, it's I assume he has all that, but I, I don't know. I looked online and uh, Brother Rice's newsletter has captured two very large, very detailed descriptions of the 75th Jubilee of Brother Patrick Donatus McCormick. So it's, in, it's online, it's available, and I'm sure that uh, Brother Dornboss is aware of it, but we can steer him to it. Uh, I think that's great. So, so Tom, first, to, to answer your question, uh, you know, I've read through the, the obituary, um, and he's got, you know, primarily it's about his, his, his member as a Christian brother and his confraternity. Then it goes into his family background. Uh, then it goes into, um, you know, just certain things about Dunk in terms of where he taught and all that sort of thing. And, of course, uh, Tracy's, Tracy's working right now on on, you know, paring it down to what the final obituary would look like in terms of cost and all that sort of stuff. But we do have some things in there about Butte. But if anybody wants to send me something specific that they'd like to see even in the Butte obituary, I'd be happy to run that by Brother John. Sure. It's not too late. Okay. okay. Well, I might get your email address and do that, Rich. Uh, so just to tell you just a little bit more about on the 75th, which was, I don't know if that was, say, seven, eight years ago or seven years ago, um, I, I, I got a lot of, because I was a good friend of Brother, you know, way beyond him being a band moderator over the years. And, it, and so uh, it, it, at that time, I, I got a whole bunch of information from Doug about his career and, and, and different things, and, and, and even then worked with... Uh, uh, Joe McBride, and we did a big plaque uh, with about 10 different parts of this plaque about his life. We gave one to Dunk, we gave one, it's over actually across the street at Central right now as you're walking the door on the right hand side. I went there yesterday and I just took pictures of each segment. Uh, you know, for, yeah, I mean, there's like this, this is way too much for an obituary, but just an, as an example, and this could go somewhere, but he wrote this poem when he was 17 years old about being a Christian brother, and, and, that's, and he never wavered in his faith for all those years. So, you, you know, that, that's pretty touching, and just lots of stuff like that. So, Tom, here's what I would suggest on that. Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to... Um, you know, as long as Brother Dunk's alive, if there's something anybody wants to, to, 
have us look at putting in the obituary, I can coordinate with Brother John on that immediately. That's not a problem at all. And then I can also talk to Tracy immediately. And in, and in, my, mo in my own mind's eye, I'm not really too worried about the cost of the obituary. Uh, Brother John is, but I'm not. Right. And so if we, if we can get some other things that we'd like to have in the obituary and the Montana standard, we'll put them there. I'm totally open to that. Sure. And sure. all I want to do is provide input and, of course, help pay for this obituary space and all that. But I, 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 I don't want to uh, try to control or direct or I'm just offering input. And uh, so uh, what, what I can if you provide an email address, I can just uh, I'll just go back to the office, have all this scanned in and just email it all to you. And you can take a look at it for whatever sure. it's worth. Sure. I'll give you my email address right now because that invitation is open to everybody. If everybody, if if everybody wants to make a comment on something, they because please remember we've got three buckets. We've got the obituary, which is going to be limited by the Montana standard, and then we and, and I guess in all due respect to Brother John Dornboss, he has the final. He's the final editor. <laughs> um, so we got the obituary, the necrology. And then the follow-up necrology that Brother John plans on doing later. Right. Right. Those necrologies are pretty interesting. Brother uh, McCormick, he's probably written, oh, I think he told me he, he wrote about 10 of them, and he gave me about five of them. I don't know where I put them, but I remember reading some of the brothers that I had, and he wrote, like Brother Maloney, he wrote a necrology, uh, which I, I think I was telling you. Uh, uh, but uh, any, anyway... Uh, yeah, go ahead and tell me your email address, and then the other people can talk. Is, so I'll, I'll just I'll just spell it out. R, P is in Patrick, A is in Anthony, T is in Tom, H is in Harry, O R is in Oregon. So O only R Rich. So R Pathor at msn dot com. So, so R-P-A-T-H-O-R at msn.com. That's right. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Sure. Sure. Thank you. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's, that's all my input, Bill, so we can go from there. Okay, so we just want to have uh, everyone go around and tell stories then about Brother McCormick? That that works all right. Anybody want to go first here? I, I get on because I've heard I've heard a lot about them. Is that what you're looking for, Rich? Yeah, yeah. Because I think okay. these will be once this is transcribed, we're going to extract. So Jack, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think okay. the goal is is to right. get all this input and then we'll extract right. different things that people say. All right. Well, I'll go first just because in a half hour I got to leave. <laughs> I have an appointment, a doctor's appointment. But anyway. Here's my story with Brother McCormick. Of course, certainly I knew him growing up because I was kind of related to him. You know, his uh, Eileen Boyle. My grandfather, James Boyle, and, and uh, Joe Boyle uh, uh, were brothers, and, and, uh, and that's who Joe Bo Boyle uh, uh, married, is Eileen McCormick, Dunk's sister. And so I knew him, but then when I went to Boys Central, uh, he kind of took me under his wing because we were related. But my story with brother is when my dad died when I was 18, right out of high school, Dunk really, you know, really kind of looked after me. Uh, 
and uh, he was always worried about me, and, uh, and that continued. The, the thing that I really loved about Dunk is, you know, you know the stories. We'd call him up at, at the drop of a hat to get a gym, and, and he would get to Kennedy, the Sherman, uh, the Hillcrest to, for us to play basketball, and he would drop everything to come with us because, uh, you know, he, he had the key, and he, he, an adult had to be with us. And, and uh, I just remember the times, and uh, he, uh, he just was quite a guy. Uh, he ran the intramural program. Uh, he was a tough teacher. I had him in bookkeeping, and, and I wasn't a very good student. It was an FD, FD. And I used to always say, brother, I don't think that's a grade. I, I think you made a mistake. He said, uh, I gave you the grade you deserved. You, you earned the grade. <laughs> I just gave it to you. And it didn't matter that I was great friends with him or not. If I got an F, I got an F. So that's kind of my, my input. And the other story I'll tell, and I told this in 2008, um, when Central was playing in the state championship, and my youngest boy, Matt, was a senior, and Dunk came with us, and we got him a room down there. Chad Peterson got him a room in Billings, and they beat Billings Central. But Butte Central beat Billings Central in semis, but Dunk was kind of cheering for both Centrals. Butte Central a little more, but Central made it to the state championship, and the next night, Browning waxed Central pretty good, and we tried to get down to the floor, the arena, to see my son Matt, me and Dunk, and uh, security guy said, no, we're not letting anybody down on the floor, and Dunk argued and argued with the guy, and he was such a stickler on swearing in high school, if you swore he got really mad, he used to have to say Jupiter, jumping Jupiter, or Shadusky. Well, this security guy that night said, no, brother, you're not going down on the floor. Brother finally said, you a-hole? <laughs> but he was a little more firm than that. And, and I turned to brother and I'm like, what happened to jumping Jupiter? And he says, he deserved it. <coughs> so that's my story, I'll turn it to Tom. Okay. You're good there, Tom. You're good I'm right good there. right here? Okay, yeah. okay, thanks. So, as I, as I mentioned, when Brother had his 75th, and I just can't remember the year, uh, but, but I, I got up and just said a few words, and, and, and I'll just, just read it. it. It'll just be, oh, a couple minutes worth. But, uh, and I'll just say, so I did not have him as a, as a teacher uh, in, in anything other than he was the band moderator, but, but he was really important in that position uh, for me and for people in the band. So, I mean, here's, here's, all, here's what I said. So, so I said, it's commonly known that the adolescent years of a person's life are among the hardest times. It's commonly known that a young person in school needs a sense of belonging, of connection with others, united for a common purpose and a place to make lifelong friends. And of course, it should be a positive influence group, not a negative influence group. So for me, in high school, I had no athletic talent. I couldn't be in sports. I was too introverted to be on a speech team, wasn't academically smart enough to be in this good student group. So where was I to go and what was I to do? It was the Butte Central Band. You know, that was my place. This was a very helpful place for me to be. This was where I felt a sense of belonging, a connection with others, united for a common purpose, and a place where I made lifelong friends. The older I get, 
the more I realize that whatever successes I have enjoyed have come from parents, teachers, and others, including the general manager of the band, Brother McCormick. He was the moderator, but I mean, he really did everything. He, he did everything. Uh, and I also now realize, though I didn't when I was a teenager, that organizations like the Beauty Social Band, they don't just happen. They are built and sustained with a lot of tremendous effort. That's what Brother Pat did for the band and for me. Brother was a do-it-all general manager. He was the leader who recruited band directors. And, 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 you know, and these people came in for free. Uh, you know, Joe Trethaway and, and, and Mrs. Quinn and other ones. Uh, he convinced people to be the, the drum majors he, he, and so on. I, I don't want to get in. Oh, he, he created this rectangular marching formation with a gap in the middle so he could have 36 band members that looked like 54 members. And then when we marched, he was, he was with us, a little guy. He'd be, his arms would be there on the side to keep, keep the line straight, yelling out instructions and, and, and protecting us. And so then when I say protection, I'm referring to times like when we marched in parades on Park Street or at night back to Central after football games at Naranchi Stadium. And back in those days, you know, Butte had a lot more bars and a lot more drunk people. And when they tried to interfere with us, our five and a half foot tall leader would fiercely defend us from these guys and from angry Butte High Bulldog fans. I mean, that happened. I mean, this little guy goes out there, get out of here, you idiot. He's makes such a racket. I don't know why they didn't just smash him, but he, he chased them all away. And, and of course, that's part he used to tell us his fist was dynamite wrapped in steel. And after seeing him protect us, I thought maybe it was true. Uh, but he, he, he took everything. He took care of, we took all the buses to basketball games and concert season, counselor, personal problems. Uh, so, so, so that's a part that and then uh, after that I got to know a lot more about his uh, his his ethics his faith his uh, sacrifice his values you know so but that's that's what I got for now hi I'm Tommy Malone a 2020 Mariah's Challenge scholarship winner and here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me it means establishing moral principles and adhering to them regardless of peer pressure it means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means being a leader and not let others around you accept underage drinking or let anyone you know get in a car with someone who is impaired. It means pursuing excellence and not letting alcohol and drugs take that away from you. It means setting a positive example for the generations that follow. I'm Tommy Malott and I accept Mariah's challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are Butte Tough. Are you looking for somewhere to watch your favorite teams play or just somewhere to meet your friends? Or are you looking for a place to hold your big celebration or cater your private event? Look no further than Metal Sports Bar and Grill. They can do it all. With their 31 big screen televisions, you will not miss a second of action and a full menu of cooked to perfection favorites is sure to please. Try the Vault Burger, raise fingers, or one of Chef T's specialty items. Or just enjoy a drink and some friendly company with Dave and the staff as you take in the action at Metal Sports Bar and Grill. Metal Sports Bar and Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star.
The Uptop Clothing Company is a Butte-based business with big plans in Uptown Butte. Uptop also dresses champions around the state of Montana and beyond. You will find the Uptop logo on Butte High's football uniforms, and Uptop is designing the uniforms for Butte High's inaugural baseball season in 2023. Order your college or team apparel today. You want gear for the Bobcats, Grizzlies, Ordiggers, Bulldogs, or Saints? Uptop has what you want and so much more. Uptop also takes custom orders on team apparel and uniforms. Visit teamuptop.com today and save 15% off your first order. The Uptop Clothing Company. Enjoy the moment. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. Markovich Construction Incorporated is Southwest Montana's largest and most successful general contracting firm. They employ the best field craftsmen, managers, and support staff, and they maintain the most complete fleet of building construction equipment in the area. Markovich Construction has the construction team to make any project a success. They have a proven successful history of working with owners and design professionals to address any project challenges and they routinely bring in projects ahead of schedule and within budget. Recent projects include the Veterans Home, Burt Mooney Airport, Starbucks, the Ridgewater Water Park, and more. Visit MarkovichCons.com to see some of their recent projects and call 406-494-3901 to let Markovich Construction work for you. Markovich Construction, when performance counts. 5518 Designs is your uptown Butte destination for all of your apparel and gift needs. 5518 offers their own line of in-house designed and locally produced apparel celebrating what we love about Butte and our Montana lifestyle. You'll also find outdoor essentials such as Chaco sandals, Dekine backpacks and gear, and Kabu apparel and packs. Something for the whole family. Visit 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in the heart of historic uptown Butte and online at shop5518.com. Okay, uh, John Paul, the class of 71, and I know there's going to be oh, many other stories to tell. Uh, I'll just tell when brother was the head of the intramural program at Central, and I, to be honest, I can't remember exactly when he took over as the director, but I might have been junior year. I'm not too sure, but anyway, the program wasn't all that great before brother got it and boy once he got it my god it was without a doubt that the probably the best run intramural program in the state and I'm you know very truthful on that you know we all had reversible shirts maroon on one side gold on the other we scheduled all the games at all kinds of different gyms around town and then at the end of the year we had a tournament we would have uh trophies and I mean, we never got anything like that at all in the intramural program before that and he just did a terrific job 
And I know someone's going to bring up about uh, inignitibos and insubordination, but when he took over as the director of the intramural program, and you, you, you did something wrong, like especially if you didn't bring or you didn't have on your person a red pen, a blue pen, or an assignment notebook, you had to write 500 inignitibos. Well, then once he took over as the director of the intramural program, you could get away from writing the 500 inignitibos by donating quarters. And then, so of course, he took all that money with the quarters and put it right back into the intramural program. And I'll never forget, we were going to have, we had a Christmas party our senior year, 1970, and they brought out a ladder, and Dunk was going to dunk this basketball. Well, little did he know that the basketball had a slit in it, and it was chucked full of quarters. Well, when they went and handed it to him, you know, it, it fell on the floor because it was so heavy. But anyway, that was, I'll never forget that as long as I live when, you know, brother getting the, uh, the basketball full of quarters. And of course, every quarter went right back into the intramural program. I mean, and of course, he probably spent a lot of his own money on top of all the money he got from the quarters. But, uh, I mean, he, he really did a terrific job of running that intramural program. And then just one other thing, you know, my, uh, my dad graduated from Boyce Central, and I always remember him saying that when Brother McCormick started the Boyce Central Alumni Association, you know, and they raised money for Central, and then every, I believe it was probably every spring, they had a big dinner and everybody would get together and, of course, have a few toddies and tell lies and everything else. But my dad always looked forward to that and couldn't wait for it to come around every year. And of course, Dunk, again, ran it. I mean, he just put his whole heart and soul into it. And that's pretty much what he did, everything at when he was at Central. But we'll never forget him, never ever. Terry McLaughlin, we'll see if he's still there on the phone. He's not in. Yeah, I'm still here. I've been listening. But can everybody hear me? Yes. 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 <clears throat> okay. So a lot of the background information and what you guys have already said fills in an awful lot on this slate. But uh, trying to be consistent with how Rich laid it out for the different buckets and in thinking back to Going all the way, that's a long, long time ago for me and all you guys. And I haven't been home in Butte for many years, but I thought I would take it from, and there's two parts to this. The first part is what, what kind of a personal impact did Dunker have? Maybe not intentionally with my name on it, but nevertheless, the impact that he had in my life, unbeknownst to me at the time, it, it alludes to what John brought up about Igniti Bows and, and, you know, everything he required of us when we would go to his class. But actually what he was doing was trying to set the stage for us as young guys to try to learn how to come prepared for what the future holds. Now that's, you know, 
I don't mean that to be a deep thing, but if you think about it, out of the little bits of misery he created with punishments he doled out, and in some cases where you could buy your way out of it, his real purpose was to try to get us started on the path to be responsible going forward. And I think we all bear fruit from that. So that's what I think about from a personal standpoint, how it helped me, even though admittedly so at the time when I was just a freshman, sophomore, I never thought like that. But when I look back on it after Jack let me invited me to this and last night, I realized that unbeknownst to me at the time, he really had a pretty decent impact on preparing me personally to go forward. I suspect if you guys thought about it from your own position, you might see the same thing. But then I wanted to think about things on a more global scale. And a couple of years ago, I uh, read a book called uh, Growing Up in Butte, and it was all about the kids um, and what they had to go through to survive in the mining camp. And uh, all the way up into the 50s, uh, we were fortunate enough to grow up and go to high school and so forth in an era of that relative peace. Uh, if you go preceding 1950 and that, life was a lot more challenging for young people in Butte, and especially boys, girls were more or less had challenges, but contained within a family unit. The boys really a lot of times had to be on their own, and so life was challenging. And I think Dunker grew up understanding that, and that was why he was so involved in, and if you think about this on the global scale, why did he want to always have basketball courts available for us to play intramurals and so forth, okay? <clears throat> Even though he may have never said it, he was watching out for all of us on a global scale to make sure that we got through growing up in Butte in the right manner. So he could have individual impacts, if you think about it, but he looked out for all of us in a global way by just being there, and he would give up of his time to make sure we had a basketball court to go play basketball in, whether it was the Blaine or the Kennedy, or you guys know all those other places. But without us really understanding a motive maybe behind it, he was trying to make sure that we got through growing up in Butte. And I guess that's about all I can think of. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, my name is Jack O'Brien. I was, like most of us here, I was a member of the class of 1971. And one of the, what they call the everyday boys, which is, we, we played basketball practically every day of the week, and, and Brother McCormick had everything to do with that, getting us the gymnasiums and making sure we had playing time. And we're all grateful for that. <clears throat> I put together a list of... Uh, what I thought where brother, brother had a professional uh, and a vocational intersection with our lives. He was a Christian brother. His first loyalty was to Christ and his Catholic faith. But he also had his faith, uh, a loyalty to his professional obligations. And I wrote down what I considered the eight intersections with our lives. He was, uh, number one, his religion and faith. Uh, number two, uh, bookkeeping and accounting. Uh, most of us experienced that. Uh, 
He taught Spanish at Butte Central. He, he taught typing. Uh, he organized and, uh, and managed the band, the Butte Central Band, and the Butte Central Yearbook. And of course, he played an important part with promoting inter intramural sports and fundraising for all this stuff. So um, my personal, I mean, I didn't, the only thing I didn't have uh, from him, I didn't take Spanish, typing, or, and I wasn't in band or yearbook, but all those others. And I think the one that impressed me the most, because I took uh, religion classes from him several times, was his deep faith. And I, and I took one paragraph that he wrote down uh, to, to characterize his 75th jubilee. He said, uh, the faith, meaning his faith, changes the whole atmosphere of a school. At Catholic school, we begin each day with prayer over the PA system. We pray before the game and after the game, and the fans pray with us. The faith is part of everything we do. It's a wonderful life. Very simple, elegantly stated. Um, I had one distinct memory in a religion class that he taught. He said, I want all of you to be impressed and remember and reflect upon the passion of Christ during the crucifixion. And I wrote down, or I handed out a, a, the five sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, which describe that uh, very well. Um, the uh, agony in the garden, the scourge at the pillar, the crowning of thorns, the carrying of the cross, and the crucifixion. And I think if there's one thing he wanted us to meditate on in our lives at Central, it was that uh, one aspect of our faith. And I am forever grateful to him for that. Uh, one other thing, people mention phrases like the everyday boys. That was, that was us. We played basketball almost every day. And if it wasn't for him, we couldn't have done that. And <laughs> several of you said the word eknadibo, and everybody's going, what the heck is that? That's the word obedience written backwards. <laughs> and uh, his, one of the disciplines that he, he had was you had to write the word obedience backwards 500 times. And, and uh, I sat down as a joke uh, to write this down so everybody get a picture of what it looks like. And I, had, I did not hesitate after 55 years to write the word obedience backwards without thinking about it. <laughs> it is E-C-N-E-I-D-E-B-O. Eknidibo or Eknidibo, take your pick. So I have it here. Uh, this is just one page of Eknidibos here. And I don't know if you can see that. And uh, so that was done in honor of him. And when they first came out with emails, Emmett Hannafin got a hold of Dunks McCormick's email. And we all jumped in and, to say hello. And I, and I, I, I copied and pasted Eknidibo 500 times. It's pretty easy to do on a computer, and I submitted it. He sent it back to me. He says, I do not accept these written on a computer. Please resubmit them in handwriting and have them on my desk in the morning. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, thanks, Dunk. You're still with us, yeah. and, and you're part of all our lives. Congratulations to this week's Lescavar Honda Athletes of the Week.
Bulldog swimmers Olivia Thurmond and Nathan Stone. Both received the honor after being nominated by head coach Lynn Schrader. Thurmond receives the girls' honor after placing fourth in the 100-yard freestyle and eighth in the 100 backstroke in Friday's home meet. She has placed in the top 10 in every meet this season, posting a personal best mark each time. Stone, a homeschool student, takes home the boys' award. He has also led the team in almost every meet. He placed third in the 50 freestyle with a personal best time Friday. He also placed sixth in the 100 breaststroke. Congratulations, Olivia and Nathan, and thank you, Leskivar Honda, for honoring the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City. Hey, Butte America, John Davis here at Leskivar Honda with some fantastic news. With 2023 off and running, we are looking forward to serving you and making a positive impact in our community. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, stop on by and see us at Leskivar Honda. Proud sponsor of the Montana High School Association and home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty. My name is Joe McCarthy, and uh, as uh, listening to the stories, I'm the last one here um, to go. I had forgotten so many different things, and it turns out I had Brother McCormick for more classes than I realized. Um, it turns out when I was a freshman at Boys Central, in September of 1967, uh, we entered the hallowed halls of Boy Central, and down on the first floor, you had to go down steps, and you went into a brother's room, and it was an elevated room that it went up, beginning, brother's desk was at the bottom, and you went about five feet, and you went up, and you went about four feet, and you went up, and we had assigned seats, those particular seats, you entered from the right, you sat on the left, as John Paul mentioned, and Terry mentioned also, I do think now it had to do with responsibility. We thought he was crazy because every morning you had to have an assignment notebook that fit into your shirt pocket, a red pen, a blue pen, and your homework. Um, John, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember we had a quiz every day, didn't we? Vocabulary? In Spanish. But it turns out what happened, it really helped with camaraderie with uh, your other freshman students. We would come into the um, study hall and they had uh, donuts. And if you were fortunate enough to be able to save up enough money, um, most students were not able to buy a donut every day, but maybe once a week you got a donut, but you went in there and you worked with three or four people getting ready for the quiz. And every day you had the quiz, and it turns out that if you studied, as the year went on, it was a lot easier. I didn't think that at the time. Um, it turns out I had forgotten that I had him, then had him as a freshman for Spanish, had him as a sophomore in Spanish. Our freshman year, the word was obedience, 500 times backwards. Sophomore year, he got smart because he thought we were smart. He changed the word to insubordination backwards. I cannot spell that, or I mean, I cannot spell that backwards, but I'll tell you what, it's a lot harder than obedience. And so we, we had to do that our sophomore year. Um, I don't remember if I had Brother McCormick for religion or not. I might have. Um, 
but I forgot that when I was a senior, I had him for bookkeeping, and for the people that had him for bookkeeping, I can think of three or four people who went on to become certified public accountants. Uh, one was Henry Fenton, who was in our class, and the only very shy young man, and Dunk tried to um, bring it out, he would have him uh, talk more, it was a small class, but he would, instead of calling him Henry, he called him Hank. And so he was Hank Fenton, and after having Brother McCormick for two years, because he added as a, I think he had him for two years for bookkeeping, um, Henry became a CPA, went on to accounting, as did some others. Um, so it turns out, uh, Terry McLaughlin had mentioned that he was building. I never thought about it till just now. He actually was building on these different things, trying to make us be more responsible. Um, one of the other things that uh, Brother McCormick tried to do that I, I did not do, uh, he tried to recruit me to be a Christian brother. He worked on me a lot. <laughs> Didn't have much material to work with, though. Huh? That's right. Sure. That's right. He also did it with um, John Ujetti, and John became a brother. Uh, now he's a deacon. Mark Beckman. Mark Beckman. I didn't realize that. Okay. And so he, he worked on people. Um, I remember. So that's really all I have to say. Thank you. I got to leave in about five, ten minutes. So I just got one other story. This is Bernie Boyle. I'm also from, okay, from the class of 71. Uh, and the one that nicknamed us the everyday boys. I think we should share that was Jim Joyce. You know, these, these were all a bunch of, all of us that, you know, back when Central was 800 kids between boys and girls, you know, the chance of making the basketball team weren't all that good. But we loved basketball, so Jim Joyce nicknamed us the everyday boys because we played basketball every day and it stuck. But here's my story on brother. This is the type of influence he had. Well, when John Thatcher, who coached Butte Santos to his state championships in 78, well, when he came back in the 2000s to coach the Butte High Bulldogs, I remember taking brother to the game. And, of course, Thatcher had some pretty good teams, and he was putting it on Butte Central pretty rough. And I remember Dunk would like to sit right behind the Butte High bench, and he would just stare at John. And John Thatcher had told me later, he said, Bernie, I hated that game because brother, no matter what, he wouldn't forgive me. <laughs> you know, I was still worried about that little five foot six guy. <laughs> he said, he's like, one time he, John was beating Central and he yelled, Thatcher, remember where you graduated from. <laughs> so, I mean, the little five foot six guy had a ton of impact on everybody's life. Uh, if, it, if a guy is ever in the pearly gates right now, it's him. Uh, for sure. So that's it. Uh, I got I to take off. It was great seeing all you guys. So. Thanks, Bird. Okay, bye. Is there anybody else there who's going to talk, or should I just go? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So Rich Thornton, class of 1971, and an everyday boy. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about the personal side first. You know, Dunk had a, you know, I'm going to call it teaching style, but it's really just Dunk. 
he had a great sense of humor. And he always had a twinkle in his eye. He was 100% Irish. And uh, you knew when he had that thin little smile <laughs> that he was joking. If he didn't have the thin little smile, you better sit down. Um, but, you know, he was just a great example uh, for all of us. And, uh, you know, he kind of lived his life trying to set an example for every, for every single one of us, and especially at our age back then, you know, what he expected of a young Catholic man. That's, that's really the way, he, that's the way he treated us all the way through. He didn't try to make us uh, uh, be somebody we weren't, but he wanted us to be good young Catholic men. Um, and I think what I'm most thankful for for Brother Dunk is the everyday boys. There wouldn't be the everyday boys if it wasn't for Dunk McCormick, because you know Jim Joyce was the one who 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 gave us the name. But you know, I just wonder, you know, in all those years that we played across the entire city of Butte if we would have been able to, to do that in the snow of, of, of Butte, Montana, I don't think so. And so in many ways, Brother McCormick was, uh, he was an everyday boy <laughs> in more ways than one. And I know his most important thing was being a Christian brother, but uh, when I look back on it, he was our brother too. He was our brother too. Uh, on a lifetime impact, and so, Joel, you were talking about bookkeeping one and bookkeeping two. I took bookkeeping one and bookkeeping two from Brother Dunk. And so his lifetime impact on me really is incredible because my entire career, uh, you know, that was really the launching pad of my public accounting career was that bookkeeping class. It was the first time that I had learned about T accounts and transactions and debits and credits and the right side versus the left side, all that stuff that Dunk, you know, taught from a practical standpoint stuck with me over the years. And he really did. He really taught bookkeeping more from an economic standpoint than an accounting standpoint. He just had a great gift at that. Uh, and, the, and, of course, the one thing I learned from Brother Dunk, as well as some other teachers at Central, Brother Daly and a few others. But, you know, the, the, what I loved about math and what I loved about accounting and what I love about economics, you know, the reality is there's only one answer, the right one. And you know when you've got it and you know when you don't. And Brother McCormick taught that upside down and, and right side up. He was just a wonderful teacher. Um, my favorite memory goes back to what John was talking about. I will never forget Bill Garlish was playing Santa Claus at her 1970 senior year uh, Christmas party. And so we, we, we had that, that uh, NBA-style basketball. We put the slit in there. Well, just to show how sick I am as an accountant, I woke up the other night and I said, you know, how big is a, how, how big is a basketball? Well, it's 25, 29 and a half inches by circumference. And so I said, how many quarters can you get into a 29 and a half inch basketball? So I told Jack, it's $123 and 50 cents. <laughs> and $123 and 50 cents back then uh, was, would probably be the equivalent of about 2000 bucks today. So uh, so anyway, that was our contribution to the inner worlds. Um, and of course, nobody mentioned this, but Brother Dunk's uh, a famous thing. So I'm, I'm just going to mention this too. I always laughed when he said it. When Brother McCormick's patients decreases, hospital patients increase. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> but he was, but like Bernie said, just a great, great man and an incredible influence on all of us. We, we, we are all better men 
And we are all better people because of Brother Duncan McCormick, period. Yeah, you're here. I agree. Uh, did you guys ever use the term Jeekers Pat? Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I kind of do. Jeekers Pat? Well, I remember uh, Jeekers. One, one time I had, I made the mistake of saying Jesus Christ, oh. you know, using our Lord's name in vain. And he heard me and he corrected me and he said, you won't use that term again. You will say Jeekers Pat if you're frustrated. And to this day I do. And, uh, <laughs> and my, uh, my youngest son asked me once about a year ago, he says, why do you say Cheekers Pat? <laughs> and I told him, I said, because it's a better way to get rid of your frustration than cursing. And I never thought about it until you guys, somebody mentioned, uh, what's your call, Chaduski, and then it dawned on me, that's where that came from. So I do use it in place of some other curse words. Well, after so, saying what you said, Terry, I'm kind of surprised you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, with enough age over time, I may not have remembered it exactly, but I do remember Cheeker's Pat. And it comes up in my everyday conversation when yeah, I'm frustrated but don't want to curse, you know, as well as some other things. So if you think about it, why would he use words that were an imitation or an alternate to a curse word again he was trying to teach us to, you know better ways forward so you know with what everybody said today i thank you for the opportunity to have engaged with you all it makes me feel good to look back on when we were in high school and it really was a great time and bunker was a big part of it yeah so thank you guys for the opportunity thanks terry great story Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grande's, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandes can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grandes Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grandes Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Dig City Supply has everything you need to cheer on your Montana tech or diggers with the largest selection of locally designed and produced fully licensed apparel and gifts. Bulldog and Maroon fans can shop their huge selection of fan gear for your teams and schools as well as a wide selection of Butte themed items. Modern, classic, wear your pride from Dig City Supply, a division of 5518 Designs located across from the parking garage at 43 West Park Street in Uptown Butte or online at digcitysupply.com. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. 
Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. This message is brought to you by Anno Designs in Anaconda. I know what you're all thinking. Foley, you twit. Why are you letting this Anaconda hack get connected with the Buttecast? Well, folks, money talks. Anno Designs is a printing and direct-to-garment shop in Anaconda. But that's not all we do. We actually specialize in embroidery and graphic design. We also dabble in sign creation and vinyl banners, also decals for your motor vehicles. Now, there are so many great options for screen printers out there. Take 5518, for example. You all know the work John and company do in Butte. And like me, they support local guys like this who started a podcast. Really original. But if your current printer is too busy to get your job done in a timely fashion, why not give us a try? For a limited time only, all new businesses who place an order with Anode Designs will get their screen, embroidery, and graphic design origination fees waived. Just call 406-563-0121 or email LLC at gmail.com and use the code FOLEYWHO during the consultation. Anode Designs is a proud supporter of the Buttecast and is pushing hard to get more Anaconda talent on the show. Don't just take it from me. Listen to the buttery smooth voice of a Butte legend tell you. There's two things we like about Butte. It's 24 miles away and Tom O'Neill. Welcome to Copperhead Country. This is uh, Tom Canelli again. I just wanted to add one. Uh, uh, what made, when when uh, Rich was talking about uh, the wry smile and the twinkle in the eye. And, uh, and of course, I knew Dunk a lot more when he was older. Uh, but, but I was impressed with the, the, the passion for living and his positive attitude. And even at, say, age 85, he's going to the gym every day. What are you doing? I'm going to the gym. I'm walking to the gym. So, so anyway, I would go out with dinner here, with him here in Butte. And uh, uh, I just turned 60, from 59 to 60. And I was complaining a little bit. Oh, gee, I wish I was 59 again. Uh, Don, he said, and he gives me that kind of the, the, the wry smile and the twinkle in his eye. And he said, oh, I know just what you mean. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 87. I, I all wish every day. That's what I think about every day, that I could be 86 again. You know, that's what I, so, so his point is, of course, you know, don't feel sorry for, for yourself. Be happy with what you have and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that I, I, I got a kick out. That, that's all he had to say, and I knew what he meant. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> he was a teacher in his entire life. Yes. Yes. Rich, you want to do Rich, a wrap-up? Uh, well, I think I, I think what I'll do from here, Jack, is so so Bill will will uh, will get the podcast. Will I think there's a lot of good input here jack to extract and, and again, I, I think we need someone to tell the story of why he's called dunk because that's that's the one that jumps off my oh i've got that story right here uh it came from uh, it's a great nickname for a brother that's for sure yeah so let's see when he was born he didn't have a middle initial he didn't have a middle name and so the name donatus that's a that's an irish saint it's the same uh, name of the saint yes Yes, it's a saint, Saint, uh, saint Donatus. And he chose that name uh, in, the, in, in the novitiate. He added the religious name uh, Donatus. Many years later, is, so, so this comes from Brother John uh, Dornbos. Uh, many years later, his intramural basketball players added the name Dunk, which was an irony. For five foot six inches, he never dunked a basketball in his life. And maybe the kids thought the initial D was for Dunk. <laughs> 
No, but it seems to me he, he used to falsely brag that he could do that. I, yeah, he, he, he would say, I can, I can dunk the ball. Well, even Santa Claus So he became dunk or dunker, dunk or dunk McCormick. The other thing I liked about Doug, he, he was actually shorter than me. <laughs> I, I would never say that to him, though. <laughs> All right, so All we're right, gonna so, uh, we're gonna get, we're record gonna get, these. I got some uh, thumb drives there, and anybody who anybody wants one, want. I don't know who's gonna, who's gonna put that together, put that together. but I, I'm, I plan on doing right. a uh, typing uh, up type summaries. summaries. And, uh, I'll coordinate, I'll coordinate that with Rich and try to keep try everybody to keep here, you know, on it. Okay, good. And then what we'll do, uh, Jack, what I'm thinking is, is once you've got that done, then we'll break it out into, uh, into what we think would be, lack of a better word, uh, the first necrology, because we got to focus on that first, because, you know, we, we just don't know when Brother Dunn's going to pass away, but, but I know that's going to be the time-sensitive one. Uh, and then... If everybody can get their email, so what I'm thinking, Jack, is if we can get if we can have everybody's email that's been on this phone call. Uh, once you and I have pared it down to the necrology for the first edition, we can send it out. And uh, and, what, and what Brother John wants is the name and the email address for each of us. So, well, so you have all, you have all of our email all addresses, and Tom Tom will send you his. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. And so what we'll do is we'll send that out for, for a quick review and corrections of anything from, uh, from everybody. And then that's what we'll get to Brother Dornboss. And then the second necrology, we, we've got some time on that one. But, but we'll, we'll, we'll get that out to everybody, too. Well, and then, well, and then um, Bill Foley is putting together his podcast. He did one recently <laughs> on Bernie Boyle. And um, I wasn't aware of this podcast, so after I watched the one on Bernie, I watched the one on Father Beretta. Um, I can't remember what other ones were there, but they're all about an hour. And so you've got to set aside the time to do it, but they've been pretty good. I enjoyed the one with Bernie. This one on Brother McCormick will be enjoyable. Um, I just remember as a sign of reverence, just always brother, or Brother McCormick. Uh, and that's something that he talked a lot the first day of school. It's Brother or Brother McCormick. I'll send you the links, Rich. Sounds good. Well, thanks to everybody. Appreciate everybody's time and help on this, and we'll, we'll put it together. And, uh, and then while well, we got everybody together too, Jack, uh, uh, Jack and I did talk a little bit about, too, if, if everybody could start thinking about, you know, I, I'd like to do something for the everyday boys as a memorial for Dunk. And then beyond the everyday boys, something else where we can get other people to contribute. Tom was thinking about some, some local thing, too, I think, weren't you, Tom? Some, some tribute to him uh, in the paper or something. I, I thought that, yeah, beyond the obituary is to do some kind of a, <clears throat> something else in the paper. And, uh, right. Maybe we can work with Tracy, your sister, to do that. Yeah, yeah, I think for the obituary.
obituary or, or Tom, whatever else you're thinking about for the community. But, but uh, all I'm thinking about is whether it's at the Knights of Columbus. I mean, everything, everything, Dunk's impact on us really revolved around his teaching and basketball. So, you know, doing something for the Knights of Columbus, uh, doing something for Butte Central, doing something for the Christian Brothers, but something that's meaningful that gives him the tribute that, you know, for lack of a better word, this isn't something that he would ever agree with, but I feel I owe that tribute to Dunk. He's a Butte and kid, isn't he? Was, he was born and raised in Butte. Yes, in Butte. In Butte. Well, and there's more than one group, Rich, at the... Uh, Tom talked about, I think it was the when he turned 80, went down in the down in the MAC. Um, when uh, Tom talked about the band, uh, Dennis Burke was there, Maurice. Uh, right, the Burks were there. there. So you have this group of people who were in the right, band that right. are still very loyal to Brother. Yeah. Exactly right. That was on his 75th anniversary of being a brother. And actually, the picture that was being shown up here from St. Anne's, that was from that same celebration. Right. But I don't remember when that was, by the way. Brother Rice, uh, uh, they put out a newsletter and they did a full spread on that jubilee and a multiple page spread on it. Right. The photographs. So. But yes, there's a lot of other classes. And lot That's of, right, there uh, are, uh, right. Uh, the, the, the class of 71 is right, exactly. this effort, which is really <laughs> great. And, uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, the members of the band speak so highly of him. Right. <clears throat> Because they feel the same way I feel. Right. I mean, Dennis Burke, I'm friends with Dennis. He's married to a classmate of ours, Mary. Sure. Kay McGarry. But I was not aware of it. Um, I forgot his brother's name. Who's the law school dean? Uh, yeah, so there was Martin Burke. That's it, Martin. And they, and they, were, they were there for it, and they spoke so highly of their experience of being in the band. And Dennis said pretty much what Tom had said earlier to be able to fit in. He wasn't right. good at sports. Um, right. Academics weren't as easy for him. Right. Like you guys said the other day, boys, there's a whole different group out there that are the Bando Commandos, you know? Right, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly right. And he would refer to that. Right. He, he would call yeah, the band the Bando if, Commandos. If you, right, right. Kevin Burke. Kevin Burke. Yes. yes. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, lots of and of course, Monsignor O'Neill, uh, what was... Father Ray Fleming. Ray, Ray Fleming, right. Uh, Monsignor O'Neill. Right. Yeah, he was a drum major. He's one year ahead of me, class of 69. I'm class of 70. Yeah. So a lot can be done. Okay. Yeah, so just to clarify, all I'm thinking of is... Uh, I'd like to contribute to two things. First thing I'd like to contribute to is whatever the Butte Central community is going to set up as a memorial to Brother Dunk, whatever that might be. But I'd also like to contribute, and whether it's separate or as part of that community tribute, but something that's in the name of the Everyday Boys. Because that's the impact he had on our lives. Okay, we can talk about that okay. later. Yeah, yeah okay. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, thanks for you setting bet. up, Rich and Jack. Thank you all. Yep. Thank you. No thanks problem. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Bill. You bet. Yeah, thank you. Hey, you guys yeah, have thanks, a great, Bill. 
Anybody got a pick for the games this weekend? <laughs> don't <laughs> what a good don't pick? start. Is this a Terry McLaughlin that used to play handball? Yes, yeah. yes, sir. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I, I, I hung around with Bill Peoples and those guys, and so I, uh, I wasn't very good, but I, I we might have played a game or two, or uh, you and your, uh, you have a brother, is it Mick or what's it? Rick. Mike. Oh, Rick. Rick. Mike too. I, I have two brothers, Mike and Rick. Okay. Okay. I, I remember him at the Elks a long time ago. Yeah, I remember you too. So I hope you're doing well. Good to hear your voice. Oh, still playing. Still doing good. Okay. okay. I'm not playing handball anymore. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, that's right. You, one of you guys were left-handed. You played doubles or something. I don't. Rick. Oh, oh, Rick was left-handed. He was actually ambidextrous. Okay. And he played with he played with my oldest brother Mike, and they won the state open doubles. And then I played with my brother Mike, and we won the open doubles right. a couple of years. You guys were so, a lot better than me, I know, but that, that was fun. Those are the old days. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, it was the hub of handball. I was yes, not was. a good singles player, but I was pretty good if I could play doubles. Sure. <laughs> well, that was going far away. Yeah. <laughs> Drive safe. The roads are going to be slick tonight. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, that's great. Thanks, thanks, thanks everybody. Yeah, right. Thanks. Okay. Thank take you. care. Bye. Okay. Right. Thanks for coming. Thanks, by. Rich and Jack, for putting this together. Yeah. It's been a cathartic experience. Thanks, yes, you guys. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's been great to talk with everybody. Take care, everybody. Uh,